0: Locked on Trailblazers, your daily Portland Trailblazers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to a March 15th, or March 16th, excuse me, Thursday edition of the Locked On Blazers podcast. I am your host, Eric Garcia Gunderson, a writer for BlazersAge.com, also at the Associated Press, also former Blazer beat writer at the Vancouver Columbian. Welcome back to Locked On Blazers, part of the Locked On podcast network with a wide variety of shows across the NFL and the NBA. We have all the teams covered and we especially have your blazers covered uh i obviously if you, if you listen to the podcast that i recorded after the new orleans game you know that i was not positive about the outlook for the blazers uh heading into San Antonio and also in the playoffs after losing a game like that. Uh, one of their more winnable road games and, uh, at least on this trip and, and the Blazers bounce back tonight in a marquee matchup national TV on ESPN and the Spurs got LaMarcus Aldridge back, which was great news. Uh, but, uh, Aldridge being back was 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 not uh, enough for the Spurs on a night when uh, they struggled to take care of the ball. The Blazers were opportunistic, getting steals, getting out in transition, and they got uh, a whole lot of great contributions, and they win 110-106 in San Antonio, the Spurs... Uh, Make a, a kind of a furious comeback late after Portland takes a seven point lead in the final minutes. There it looks like it's it, 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 they're gonna run away with it, but the Spurs don't give up. They get to within uh, two down the stretch, and uh, Monte Ginobili has a chance down three to hit some free throws. And, and he makes or he misses the first one and then makes the second which is obviously not what he wanted to do, um, trying to get the ball back and get one more possession when they're down three. And uh, Portland had just done a good job of uh, burning time off the clock so that the Spurs couldn't just foul immediately. And and they also made their free throws. So uh, the Spurs almost came back, but Ginobili kind of messes up the free throws there and the Blazers win the game. But, of course, it didn't just come to that. The Blazers didn't win this game uh, just because of uh, Ginobili messing up some free throws at the end. That is just the, uh, the kind of the final sequence of the game uh, where they really won this game. As I said, was getting out in transition, getting steals, and getting easy buckets, and I thought a lot of guys really bounced back tonight. Damian Lillard was the only Blazer, really, who showed up uh, against the Pelicans in New Orleans, uh, and and he's been showing up regularly since the All-Star break uh, and really carrying the team, and he carried them again tonight. He had 36 points, 4 assists, but uh, it should be noted that the Blazers also got uh, a lot of other contributions tonight that got them over the hump because uh, Dame was phenomenal. Uh, against the pelicans but that wasn't enough to get them a win and tonight he gets the help that he needed cj mccollum with uh, a cj mccollum game that we've come to expect 26 points four assists great solid performance bounces back after a tough night where he only had 12 shots and was 4 of 12 from the field and just kind of uh, kind of a rough game and then another guy who bounced back from a rough outing was yusuf nurkic in this one he had 16 points nine rebounds four steals and three assists and one block on Aldridge in the uh, closing minutes of the first half. So uh, Nurkic, after getting uh, thoroughly outplayed by DeMarcus Cousins in yesterday's game against the the Pelicans, he really bounced back tonight and uh, played Aldridge toe-to-toe. I thought that he even... You know, probably outplayed. I think he outplayed him down the stretch of this game. Their numbers are pretty similar overall uh, for how they shot and 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 their contributions. But Nurkic, I thought, was really tough on the interior. Got a lot of offensive boards, and and in the fourth quarter, uh, Nurkic, I thought, was a uh, really a key to the Blazers getting that seven-point lead with uh, very little time left that the Spurs had to frantically come back from, that it wasn't a typical Spurs game in that regard. Nurkic had 10 of his 16, actually, in the fourth quarter. A lot of that coming in transition, semi-transition, pick and rolls. Uh, I thought he did a really good job of committing to that, rolling hard obviously you still you still see signs that he could get in, in in better condition he was a little tired at times not maybe not willing to to make that rim run after setting another screen and taking another blow so so you understand that but he really I thought kicked it into overdrive in the fourth quarter maybe there was an adjustment there from Lillard and McCollum where they're like hey and and Shabazz Napier as well to an extent who uh gave good minutes again and has given good minutes in, in Evan Turner's absence. Uh, all those guards really used Nurkic well in pick and rolls, dribble handoffs, uh, which are basically an inverted pick and roll. So that is, uh, a big reason why the Blazers won. And again, you, you have the fluctuation with Nurkic and, uh, I, I don't think it's unfair to say that when uh, you have a team like this and a team that relies on a big man that is this young at 22, uh, you're going to have ups and downs. You're going to have to ride with him. But there are enough guys on this team that are not as young, don't have to, you know. They don't, maybe don't have as much of a learning curve, you know, and I thought a lot of guys like Crab and, and McCollum tonight really, really responded after having a bad game, which is what they do and what they do as professionals, but to see Nurkic also bounce back uh, was big, and, and he was huge in the fourth quarter, as I mentioned, uh, 10 of his 16 points, really doing a great job as a screen setter, getting big rebounds, and even if he wasn't getting big rebounds necessarily, which he, he did in that fourth quarter, uh you know, he he's keeping the ball alive a, a couple of times too, even when he wasn't catching the ball and wasn't screening, you could see the effect that his rolling game was having on the game where they would get a switch out and because CJ McCollum is such a threat to shoot that the Spurs would be switching and getting Lamarcus Aldridge onto him, but then you have Patty Mills on Nurkic and instead of maybe shooting it right away, CJ shakes and bakes a little bit, waits a little bit longer to get a shot and can feel good about putting up a shot even if it's not the best shot or the most efficient shot because Nurkic is underneath with Patty Mills under him so the Nurkic rolling game was a major key in this one obviously Lillard and McCollum set set the tone there and and and, and caused the defenses to get stretched out uh, to, to let Nurkic really thrive there. But that that's what he can do. If, if Nurkic can, can do this on a consistent basis, uh, which it, it's not going to be easy every night, as we've seen over these last three games or, or so now, or three or four games, uh, is that it's not going to be easy every night. It's not going to go this well every night. But... I like the way Nurkic has battled through bad games, and it makes me feel like uh, some of the fears that maybe some uh, people have about him uh, won't really affect him here. And I think one of the things that we're seeing right now is, is Dame is, is engaging with him, and uh, Dame, Dame is is really good at getting guys to buy in, and, and if he's really uh, kind of taken to mentoring Nurkic a little bit, uh, I, I, I that is I think definitely helping keep him in the loop keep him engaged so that he doesn't lose focus and doesn't decide to uh let bad things ruin his progress and uh, I know that a, a lot of people in Denver saw that happen and that was a real concern and a real reason why his value was what it was and that Denver felt okay giving up a first-round pick for him, uh, to to just to get rid of him. So, but and and I know that a lot of people nationally have also talked about this. I know that Zach Lowe talked about that on the Bill Simmons podcast. He talked about you know watching out for when Nurkic goes through adversity. To me, having watched this team very closely, it seems like he's already kind of battled through some of that. He had a really you know he had a poor performance against the Wizards, bounces back, has a great game against the Suns, has a bad game against the Pelicans, bounces back and has a good game, especially in the fourth quarter to get a win against San Antonio. And so, uh, yes, there will be ups and downs, but I don't necessarily fear the attitude issues and the, the the things that really brought down his game in denver uh and he didn't even really shoot that well tonight and didn't start well from the field and still bounce back to have uh, a really good game so even just in the microcosm world of this game i thought that he uh really fought through adversity and no one on this roster right now is going to they're, they're not going to start anybody else at center so I feel like the root of a lot of the issues there in Denver was that Jokic was better than him. And the Nuggets knew it after a while. And then he knew it. And so that, and he plays his position. And Nurkic, I'm sure, being as good as he is, probably sees how the league is. You don't play two guys that size. Nobody does, except for New Orleans. And so, and and, and Anthony Davis doesn't really count in that regard, because he moves like a like a wing out there because he's so mobile. I, I I just don't foresee those issues happening. And, and to me, his ability to bounce back in these situations where he has a bad game, I think, uh, is is a really encouraging sign, if nothing else. I don't – I you know, it, it, it's not as big of a sample size for me to say, you know, this is who he is as a person, as a player, fights through adversity, et cetera, et cetera. I'm not going to say that. But what I will say is I think that some of the fear about, oh, you know, wait for Nurkic to blow up, wait for this and that, I don't – I don't see – I haven't been given any real reason for that to happen. So I'm not going to rationally buy into that until I see it happen, and and I don't think there's a reason that, that you should either. So uh, I, I really think that Nurkic is going to have ups and downs because he's a 22-year-old center, but I don't think those ups and downs are going to be from attitude or him wanting to disengage from the team or, or get frustrated with things because... If he wants to make it in the NBA, how many times is he going to get to do that? And, And also, like, he gets to play with CJ and Dame. That matters. These two guys are super good. And they were, I mean, the way they set him up in the pick and roll down the stretch of this game was masterful. They just told Nurkic where to go and and they would point and they would th- throw him the ball and he would get into these positions and then they use that to kind of manipulate the rest of the defense for the rest of the game and uh i when you play basketball you know you know that playing with other great people other great skilled players other smart players is is good and beneficial and to be honest Denver has a lot of really good, talented players, but they don't have guards as good as CJ and Dame. They just don't. Jamal Murray is really promising for a 19, 20-year-old guy. I think he's 19. Jamal Murray, very promising. L- love him a lot as a player. Not as good as CJ and Dame. Not even close. Not not yet. Uh, Gary Harris I like as a two-way wing, but not the playmaker that CJ and Dame are. It's I mean, not even he's not even no that that's not even comparable. The thrill, Will Barton, another uh fun player who I really like, and and can really get buckets and play in the pick and roll. Not as good of a scorer as CJ or and just not the the player that commands that attention with the range and and everything. And so, uh, he's getting to play with guards that are really really good and I'm sure that as a guy that has to set a lot of screens he appreciates that and as someone who loves sporting events and and loves experiencing them and and, and feeling the atmosphere I can definitely appreciate making the process of getting tickets to be easier and I think the best place to get tickets for sports or concerts is SeatGeek and buying tickets online for sports and concerts has been a confusing process for a long time. Going to all these ticket websites, there's so many of them. It's hard to figure out which ones are going to give you the best deal, which ones are legit or not. And the great thing about SeatGeek is that not only do they have a great website that is super organized with their deal score to help you find the best deals and organizing them to help you save time and money they have a great app and I pulled it up on my phone when I was looking for tickets when I had friends in town over Christmas and and we wanted to go see a game and it, it's just super convenient they help you find the best deal they help you find it within your budget and you will see underpriced seats and there's no other place that you can do that but seeking because nobody else has their deal score so What I'm saying is, is that SeatGeek is phenomenal, but the best part of SeatGeek is that my listeners get a $20 rebate off their first SeatGeek purchase, and to collect that $20 rebate on tickets, download the SeatGeek app, go to the settings tab, and click add a promo code and enter promo code LOBLAZERS, and SeatGeek will send you $20 after you made your first ticket purchase. Download the SeatGeek app and enter promo code LOBLAZERS today. So, uh... Another thing that I can appreciate tonight that I definitely wanted to give a shout out to uh, in the third quarter, I started taking this note down, uh, but shout out to to Noah Vonley tonight for giving what I would probably say was his best performance of the season in this game. Uh, I, I, I'm not going to go through his plus minuses on the season or things like that. Uh, maybe he's had more points. And I know he's had more rebounds, but the completeness of the game tonight from Noah Ley was uh, was fantastic. Uh, it was, it was it was the most complete of a game that I've seen him play. Uh, he had 12 points, six rebounds, three assists, no turnovers. He was four four from the field. He was four four at the line played 26 minutes almost 27 he played i think for the entire third quarter and he also played a little bit to the fourth and was giving them great minutes at center in this one uh it was noah tonight was this is this is the noah that i've always imagined this is the idealized noah uh but but I thought tonight in this game, he really delivered, uh, I, I thought the way he played defense in the pick and roll was uh, very impressive and very solid. He didn't make a lot of mistakes. Uh, he only had three fouls, which a lot of times for him, he has a lot of trouble fouling. Uh, another guy that has had trouble with fouls late, uh, as a Blazer has been Nurkic. He also did a good job of not fouling. I think everyone on the Blazers really, uh, although the, the offensive numbers were really good for the Spurs, I thought that Portland really made San Antonio work for all of their shots. and And took advantage of of the mistakes that San Antonio does make and converted them, which is uh, something that you absolutely have to do against San Antonio to have a chance to win because they don't make many mistakes. So uh, for for Portland to get that tonight uh, was big, but I I thought Vonlay really stepped up in a big way for this team. Uh, with with solid pick and roll defense, Myers Leonard only played seven minutes, and I and 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 a large reason of that was Vonleh's play. Uh, he didn't give Stotts any reason to take him out. His mobility on defense was good. He rebounded the ball well. He was a presence on defense. He just overall was good, and uh, I I, I think that uh, weirdly uh, after watching them play now for. I think what ten games or so in in the Nurkic era, ten eleven I think twelve games it is, uh, yeah twelve games uh for for Nurkic, uh. He he and Vonlay kind of have a little thing going. They, Nurkic gives the ball to Vonlay more than I think Plumley did ever. Like Nurkic will give the ball to to Vonley more in one quarter than I feel like Plumlee ever did. And that's not to say that Plumlee was making the wrong decision, but there is something to be said for showing a little trust in your teammates, and I know that Noah hadn't really shown any reason to be trusted. He couldn't really knock down shots. He wasn't really good at creating on his own uh, and and was kind of lost out there. But Nurkic will just randomly swing the ball to Vonley in the middle of a possession, and that's basketball. Like, I, I hate... To to be you know cliche here, but it really is true. I mean, and and I think there is something about the the fact that Nurkic is is I think Nurkic he, while he does not assist on as many baskets as Plumlee, and he actually has a higher usage rate, so it means he ends more possessions either with a shot or a turnover. I actually think that he's at least as an offensive player, I think he's actually more unselfish because he's, he's not even thinking about, uh, you know, where can I dish this ball so I can get an assist. He's just throwing the ball to Vonley cause he's open and he's over in the short corner. And it'll, it, like, th- that was one of the things and he's done that a lot. He will just do like a random pass to Vonley that doesn't really seem like something that we've seen. And it's because Plumley never threw those. Plumley would kind of ignore it because the defenses would ignore Vonley and and Plumlee kind of did too. And so uh I feel like they've del- Nurkic and Vonley in in an, uh, a small sample size, I think have just, you know really developed a, a nice little chemistry and and they have actually played well. According to nba.com when they share the floor together, the Blazers are a plus 9 per 100 possessions. And if you're a Blazer fan, which obviously you are, if you're listening to this podcast. You gotta be happy that Vonleh has found someone that he clicks with. Like, not only is Nurkic providing all this stuff for CJ and Dame and for the offense as a whole with his post presence and things like that, I feel like he's kind of he he he's got a little mojo with with Vonleh and and Vonleh playing well tonight. He has had just looked a little bit better lately uh, overall but and, and and that also could just be more minutes but i think playing with nurkic a guy who is about the same age doesn't really think of him as this you know young guy that's going to make a lot of mistakes because nurkic himself is a young guy that's making mistakes and nurkic i think is generally is just a naturally more creative player and 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 does things that are more outside of the box than than plumley did i felt like while Plumlee was a great passer and ball handler, I felt like his, his, his greatness was in execution, not necessarily uh, you know his, his ideas when he is passing the ball, which I think you can see that when guys have the ball. You can see how they manipulate things, and I feel like Nurkic is just a little bit more creative, but I think he's also just a little bit more naturally unselfish, and that could be the European game in him, how that's just naturally the way that Europeans play, which is a thing that you hear a lot. But I think there's there is some some kind of mojo there with Nurkic and and Vonley and the numbers are bearing that out at least right now and I think a lot of that comes from just those almost dummy passes that that seem so meaningless in the course of a game, uh because they don't really show up on the, they don't show up on the stat sheet it doesn't really count but I think those things matter and and when you're engaging a guy and you're getting him. Obviously, Vonley playing more minutes matters, but I feel like the fact that they've kind of engaged him in the offense, that Von, that Nurkic will just throw those random passes to him, I think uh, is really helpful, and he's also a good screener. But uh, I, I think both of those guys have, have really played off each other and really uh, helped each other out, which uh, Vonley, I mean, as, as we've seen, he's gotten a lot of minutes over the course of his Blazer career. Hasn't really uh, helped the team in those minutes uh, with plus minus and all that stuff, but uh, you've seen the talent there, but this is kind of the first, this kind of stretch of play here and him playing well together with Nurkic the way they have and uh, especially kind of culminating here tonight in a game against a really good team, uh, I thought he did well. Obviously, there's going to be more ups and downs. If there's going to be them with Nurkic, there's going to be them with Vonley for sure. Uh, But uh, it's encouraging to see that they're working well together, and maybe that's something that they can build off of. And I I think when Evan Turner comes back, uh, that... Turner should probably go back into the starting lineup because that seems like the only context in which he's really worked this season for the Blazers and, and, and really been a positive. And then I think you keep Vonley and Nurkic together because why not? Uh, as I've mentioned, I think with the position that Portland's in, they're currently two games back of Denver. Uh, and, and while making the playoffs would be great, I think seeing what you have in Vonley and and maybe seeing getting a little bit more sample size to that pairing and seeing what there is to it and see if that is something that they can really build around. And if that gets them into the playoffs, I mean, that's, that's a different story than you're talking about than the one that we were talking about before the trade, which would have been, Oh, this team is going to have to go to the offseason, maybe pay Mason Plumley a lot of money. And what's their future at center? Is it going to be Mason Plumley? Are they going to pay him a lot of money? And even if Portland makes the playoffs and gets the 15th pick uh, in the in the draft and uh, doesn't get as high of a pick as maybe some want, if you're getting into the playoffs and you make a run late down the stretch of this season with Vonley and Nurkic in the middle as, as the guys at 22 and 21, that is, uh, to me, that's a win. Uh, but uh, obviously... We have quite a ways to go before we get there. Uh, As I mentioned, the Blazers are two games back of the Denver Nuggets in the standings. Denver uh, won the other night, so uh, Portland still will have to probably beat them when they come to Portland on March 28th, which is uh, less than two weeks away now. But uh, they've got a chance here with 15 games left. And if with 15 games left and they're down two and they make a run with, with Vonley and Nurkic, I think that's a a pretty positive note to the season. And even if they don't make the playoffs, I think you gotta, you owe it to yourself, especially when they've had the year that they've had uh, to let those guys go a little bit. And, The wing rotation is going to be really interesting because Crab has played well recently. Harkless has been consistently good all season, I thought. Uh, Aminu is making his threes again, and I'm sure he'll get a lot of minutes at four. But there could be kind of a minutes crunch again. It'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Uh, I suspect Shabazz Napier may not be playing as much. Uh, but who knows uh, with how he's played and the energy that he's brought onto the court and, and, and the help that he's brought to CJ McCollum when he's been out there with him and, and, and to Damian Lillard. So uh, yeah, uh, but real interesting 15-game stretch now uh, for the Blazers. It It, it has been looking like a very interesting stretch for most of the season, but now uh, 15 games. It's kind of a, a good number uh, to, to close in on here, and, and Portland uh, gets, after a, a loss that I thought really killed their chances, they get an improbable victory uh, at San Antonio to gives them give themselves uh, a little bit more life again. And they are now a game ahead of Dallas in the standings. So Portland has a little bit of separation right now. Uh, Minnesota lost to Boston tonight. So uh, that helped Portland create more separation between them and the rest of the pack and the Pelicans lost tonight. So uh, they fall back after a big win last night against Portland and Portland uh, is now two games back of Denver with one more game against Denver and 15 to go overall. Keep it locked on Blazers. You can subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, Audioboom, Google Play, TuneIn FM, wherever you can get a podcast. Please leave us a five-star review. We'd really appreciate that. It helps us. You can follow us on Twitter at LockedOnBlazers. You can also follow me on Twitter at Eric underscore Gunderson, and Gunderson is with an E N, uh, which, which sometimes confuses people. And Eric is with a K, which also sometimes confuses people. So if you're looking for me on Twitter, that's where I'm at. And uh, just a heads up uh, for all you Locked On Blazers listeners: I will not be in this weekend. Uh, we'll be back uh, after Sunday's game against the Miami Heat. So we will keep in touch then. Blazers have a back-to-back against Atlanta and Miami on Saturday and Sunday. So we'll be back with you after that back-to-back. Dane Carbaugh will be with you uh, over this weekend. So uh, we will have something in the feed for you. It just will not be for me. Until next time, enjoy March Madness. Enjoy everything get a look at all the draft prospects tell me the ones that you like tell me the ones that you don't like for Portland uh and and let me know uh and and we'll we'll talk about on the podcast and uh love to get into some draft analysis because that is upcoming no matter where the Blazers finish so until next time which will be Sunday for me maybe sooner uh on the feed until then